I'm done with hard knocks. I'm done with the articles. I'm done with hearing this. I'm done with get up. I'm done with Monday night football preseason. I want to watch the Lions play, dude. I want to watch my team play a real game that goes in the column that determines if we get to watch him more in January and then eventually February. Like, I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the offseason. And it's funny. I have people that come up to me. And they're like, dude, well, not come up to me, but they'll say like, dude, what do you mean? We're right around the corner. We're like two weeks away from the Lions. We're a week away from college for sure. And I'm juiced and I'm, yeah, I'm happy, obviously. I don't I look happy, but I'm just so ready. People don't understand. Like I've been reading articles. I've been following along. Obviously hard knocks a little different, but I've been waiting for this. Like, I don't know, June at least, maybe back to May. I've been waiting for the season to start for like three, four months. Now that we're within a couple of weeks, I don't really like, okay, I've read the articles. I, I know who's in the position battle at wide receiver. I know that Malcolm Rodriguez has been strong at linebacker and Derek Barnes is coming along and Anzalone's the leader. Like I, I know Levi Hunzaworki, he'll be ready to go. Like I've seen it all. Jeff Okuda rehabbing Jamison Williams. Wait till he gets in the lineup. Goff feels great. Dan Campbell loves the team, loves the way they play. The locker room's rallying around this coaching staff. They're ready to win. There's nothing anybody in Detroit wants wants more than to turn around the culture. I've read it, dude. Like, Hard Knocks is sick. Don't get me wrong. And it's sweet that every Tuesday for an hour, we get to turn it on as Lions fans and go, oh, wow, this is fucking cool. We get to go inside the facility. We're watching how they practice. It's sick being able to watch, at least coming for, like, playing football myself. It's cool to watch them interact with each other without, like, the media, even though they know Hard Knocks is there. But when you get them in the press conference, like, when you get them in the interview, these guys go on podcasts or whatever – they're buttoned up. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not dropping F-bombs. They're not talking shit. They're not doing what they did when they're in Indianapolis. Jamal Williams taking his helmet off and chirping that linebacker 44 every fucking rep. Like that's not happening in the post-game little interview with the Fox 2 reporter. It's sick that we get to do that. It's sick that we get to see how they interact on the day-to-day basis, kind of behind the curtain, so to speak. Like, it's very fun. It's very fun to meet these different personalities, see how a dude like Malcolm Rodriguez thinks and what his attitude is when you are a sixth-round draft pick. Coming from a place like Oklahoma State where he's not necessarily known for the defense, more so known for the guy who's depressed as fuck going like that rather than middle linebackers, it's cool to see his attitude where he's just a psychopath. He's like, I don't even give a fuck, dude. There's – I just want to hit someone. And they're like, Malcolm, we won the game tonight. He's like, we were keeping score. I thought we were just here to bash each other's brains in the soup. We got, there was a score. We won. I didn't know that even existed in football. I just signed up when I was 12 because I could see other kids hit other kids and they still got to go to recess the next day. Like, it's cool to see how these guys all think and operate. I want to watch games, bro. I want to watch real stuff. I don't know if it's just me being angsty and I'll, I'll level with you guys. Love you guys. This is like my, uh, my outlet, right? I got my friends, whatever. This is kind of an alter ego of mine. (laughs) I don't even know if that's real or true or whatever. I'm just kind of going, my brain is fucking putty, 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 whatever pudding. I don't care. You, my brain's fucked is what I'm trying to say. I'm just riffing off the top of the dome today. I'm just tired of, of like it being the off season. Let's play, especially as a Lions fan. Like, let's fucking play. 
I am a let's have some faith. This season will be better. These guys are going to turn it around. I'm a positive guy. Like, I'm rallied around. We'll see what happens. Do I think they'll beat Aaron Rodgers and win the North? Probably not. Do I think they'll be the second team in the North? I think they have the potential to. I think that's very much in the cards. Do I think they'll win 12, 13 games? Probably not. Do I think they'll win eight or nine games? I think they have the potential to. I think it's in the cards. If they play well and they do what they're supposed to, they miss big injuries. I think it's a possibility, but I'm ready to see real shit. I feel like Michigan fans, you know how Michigan, Michigan State fans, the rivalry, the biggest beef thing is always MSU fans going to Michigan fans and going, oh, you're, you're the offseason champs. Michigan fans are always going, oh, we'll kick your ass this year. We'll kick your ass this year. Just wait until we play this year. That's how I feel with people gassing up the Lions, with myself gassing up the Lions. I'm the same. Th- I, I'm aware. I'm self-aware. I make the videos every week like, oh, what about DeAndre Swift? Oh, how about the Lions? Let's talk about Dan Campbell. Let's talk about why they'll make the playoffs. I'm that, I know I'm that dude. I know that I do that. I'm aware that I'm awake and I'm conscious and I make those videos and say those things. I'm, I'm getting fed up with myself, brother. I'm getting fed up with everything about it. The nation's rallying around. I was in Palm Springs at a festival, if you listen to the episode Wednesday this weekend, and I was wearing um, one of the days, I was wearing this shirt, as a matter of fact, the new Pistons shirt, and at like two different people. Now, listen, we were on some performance-enhancing drugs, if you will, so I don't remember everything crystal clear, but I remember two different people came up to me and we're just starting talking, like friends of friends, people that are either from around LA or from Chicago that were in town, whatever. And we're chopping it up, talking football. And they're going, dude, I kind of like the Lions. Like Hard Knocks has made me a Lions fan. And I'm sitting there, obviously, like I'm in a great mover party. I'm like, yes, dude, come on, hop on the bandwagon. The Lions are America's team. Who doesn't want to see the Lions win? We're the epitome of failure for my entire life. You're telling me there's some people around in fucking Nevada. There's people in the middle of Idaho. There's people in Florida who either cheer for another team or don't really care about the NFL. And they're going, I still hope the Lions lose. Those people don't exist. Everybody wants to see the Lions get over the curse. Everyone loves a good underdog story. And even then, in that moment, I'm like, dude, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of talking about, yeah, they look pretty good on hard knocks, huh? Hutchinson looks like a beast, huh? DeAndre Swift's pretty good, huh? The offensive line should be great, huh? Deuce Staley's kind of the man, huh? Aaron Glenn, Dan Cam- I'm tired of like, what, what about this? I want to see it. And being a team like the Lions, where every year of my life, some years I'm more convicted of it than others, every year of my life I'm going in like, all right, well, we'll see what happens this year. I know they're the Lions. I know they don't have the best team. But you know what? It's a new year. I like to be positive. I like to go into a football season with some hope because I'll never be the guy going into the season like, fuck this, what's the use? We're the Lions. We're not going to win any games. I'll just never in my life ever fucking ever be that guy. But even now I'm sitting here going, dude, okay, yeah, it's cool. Like I get the coaching staff's cool. Like Hutchinson looks like he'll be a beast. The backfield, all these guys, like it's great. Hard Knocks is fun. The nation is kind of getting on the Lions bandwagon. You're seeing people. I'm running into guys at the bars in California. I'm wearing a Lions hat, and guys are going, dude, Hard Knocks has been sick. Like, I'm a Rams fan, or, or you know, I'm, an, I'm a Raiders fan, or I'm a Niners fan, but I'm going to root for the Lions this year. They look pretty fun. I want to see real shit, and I want to see it for myself, too. I'm tired of sitting here alone, like, watching Hard Knocks, thinking, oh, the Lions, dude, I think they'll actually be good. 
I'm tired of sitting here and doing the pods and being like, I think they'll actually be good. I want to see fucking games, bro. I want to see if they'll actually be good. Is it going to be like every other year of my entire fucking lifetime? Or are they actually going to do something this year? Are they actually going to take a step? Are Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes actually onto something in a city and with a franchise nobody ever thought to be salvageable? Is it happening? Is it actually coming together? Am I reading a fucking Peter Pan storybook? Or is this real life that eventually in two, three weeks, I'll be able to reach out and touch it? I'll be able to go to the printer at work and use it for nothing required or even remotely related to work. And I'll go to the NFC North on Google and I'll print screen and I'll be able to hold the piece of paper that has the lion sitting at the top of the NFC North at 2-0 in my fucking hands. Is that going to happen? I want to find out. That's where I'm at. I want to see if it's going to be real. We've talked about it. We've heard people on ESPN go, they really believe. We've seen the sound bites. We've heard the sound bites. What am I talking about? We've seen hard knocks. We've read every article that's been written. We know Penny Sewell's taken a step. We know Hutchinson's been great. We know the potential of DeAndre Swift. We know Tracy Walker's back. We know Okuda's doing everything he can. I want to see if it's going to be real, dude. I want to see if it's going to be real. Now, the episode of Hard Knocks was great per usual. I mean, they're all going to be great. I said that after the first episode, I'm going to come on here every single week. I talk about hard knocks. And the third, first thing I'm going to say related to the episode was that was awesome. I knew it would happen. Of course it would happen. You think I'm ever going to come back here and go, well, that sucked. No fucking crazy. No chance. Dan Campbell is the head coach of the team on hard knocks. He could be coaching a fourth grade fucking youth team and people would be on Twitter. Like, Holy shit, this is the electric best season of hard knocks ever. It's a great episode. It was sweet to see the inner squad practice. Jamal Williams hounding that dude 44 on the Colts. Deuce Staley giving his best pip squeak. I'm going to end you if you don't run the ball up the middle impression. Dan Campbell just showing again how badly he wants to win, trying to break the Guinness World Records of most times someone said, man, in an hour span. We've seen Okuda, got a little toasted. Khalil Pimpleton, Central Michigan dude. He's got the speed. He's trying to make the team. The guy, Easy, I can't remember his full name from Nigeria, trying to make the squad. Like, we're seeing it. It's fun. There's cool storylines. I like the coaches. David Blau dropping one in the bucket to Khalil Pimpleton. It's been good, dude. Craig Reynolds talking to his brother in prison. They're still, even though he's been locked up for 12 years or whatever it is, they still got the lightheartedness and the wherewithal. They'll trade a couple jabs. They'll make each other smile. And then they'll run out of time on the call and you'll be a little sad. I get it. It's been fun. It's a great episode once more. A little more Hutchinson, right? Hutch working in the drills. Hutch working in the scrimmage. Hutch making a goal line stand against Indianapolis. Like they win the preseason game. Last play of the game. Little defense. Coverage. Nobody around. Incompletion. Lions win by one. It's great. Like it's fun. I'm having a good time. I'm excited. Holy shit. Just knocked over the mic for people listening on YouTube. That's on me. Um, it's been fun. Like, I'm excited for this coming Tuesday. I'm excited for the next episode and the one after that. I'm just so ready to see real games. The preseason, too. Like, it'll be cool this next week, this last game, because I think Dan Campbell said he's going to try and get the starters to play for a half. So that'll be fun. Like, a little bit of a real test, or at least the most you get until the season actually starts. But, dude, like, I just want to watch real games. 
And it goes for state too. It goes for Michigan too. Obviously I'm not a Michigan fan, but I've read the articles. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm at work for eight, nine hours a day. You don't think I'm reading a couple football articles every morning. And by a couple, I mean, you don't think the first hour of my day is solely dedicated to drinking coffee and reading about the Lions, MSU, and U of M. Of course, that's what I do the first hour. Don't tell anybody I work with, but of course I go, I usually use the bathroom. I fill up my water. I get a coffee, I sit down, and I just screen Google for articles. Peyton Thorne, this is the 15th article I've read this week. Sure, let's make it 16. Michigan, Mozzie Smith, he can bench press this much. I already know how much he can bench, but sure, let's read it again. I want to know how much of a freak this guy is. Dan Campbell, the way he works with Aaron Grant, Malcolm Rodriguez, he's coming on. Sure, I just watched the episode, but let's watch it again. Let's read some more. I'm just ready to fucking watch real stuff, dude. Michigan State alike, Michigan alike. I'm ready to watch real games. I'm ready for it to count. I'm ready for the season to start. And it's funny now that we're here a couple weeks out. And you could easily go like, damn, dude, it's crazy that football's about to start. It's crazy that summer's already over and fall's about to begin. And we're about to get thrown in right in, thrown right in to another season for sure. It is nuts that it's already the end of August. It does feel like yesterday, not so much the Lions season, but the Michigan State season, and I'm sure Michigan fans even more so. But it's fucking gnarly that it's already the 2022 season. It's crazy to me that we're here. And even though we are so close, it's almost like the closer we've gotten, like once August started and you got the like a little bit of the blood in the water, like I can check my phone and it says AUG, and I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Whew. It's fucking football time. As soon as the clock struck August, it's almost like since the first, getting closer and closer and closer to actually game day, I'm getting more like unsettled. I'm getting a little more restless. I can't necessarily take it. I don't really want to read anymore. I don't really want to hear more about the players, more about the QB competition. I'm not necessarily interested in what training camp looks like anymore. I want week one to get here. I want the Detroit Lions, the Michigan State Spartans, or the Michigan Wolverines, whoever the fuck, to line up, take the field under the lights, give me ESPN, give me the commentator, give me the fight song, give me a jam stadium, and I want to see these dudes play a game that counts. I want to see these guys try to go 1-0 or go 0-1. I want to see every single fucking play played like the games on the line. I want to see who we got in the MSU backfield. I want to see what the Lions secondary is going to look like. I want to see if Michigan's going to roll with Cade McNamara or switch up to JJ McCarthy. I want to see if Michigan looks like a team that'll do it again. I want to see if the Lions and Dan Campbell look like a team that has changed the culture that maybe they won't make the playoffs this year, but they are moving in the right direction. I want to see if MSU and Tuck and everything they did last year was for real and is going to carry over and compound, or if that was just a little flash in the pan and we may have to hold off till 23 or 24. I want to fucking see it, bro. I want to see the real thing. Save the articles. Save the podcast as I do a fucking podcast. Save the episodes of Hard Knocks. Save the YouTube videos. Save the ESPN morning shows. Save the YouTube late kick with Josh Josh Pete or whatever the fuck. Save it. I want to see the real game. I want to see Western Michigan State. 
Colorado State at the Big House. The Detroit Lions at the link taking on Philadelphia. I want to see it, dude. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. The Hard Knocks, great episode, fun episode. Let's meet the coaches some more. I'm excited to see it. I hope they talk to golf at some point a little bit. I hope they talk to Jeff Okuda at some point a little bit. I'm honestly kind of shocked that they haven't. Like, I don't know if those guys are just the biggest schlubs in the world. I've heard uh, I've heard Goff talk a little bit on podcasts and shit. Doesn't seem like the most entertaining guy of all time. Doesn't seem like the funniest guy in the world. So I guess I kind of get it. But again, I, the podcast I'm thinking of was the Friday Beers podcast. <laughs> so if Jared Goff's going on something called the Friday Beers podcast, I got to believe there's a little something there, especially when it's in that environment where maybe you kind of forget the hard knock mics are around and it's just you chopping it up with the boys after practice. Like there's got to be something there for Jared Goff. Jeff Okuda, maybe he's not the most charismatic dude on the planet. This guy's bouncing back from back-to-back seasons of injury after being the third overall draft pick, a can't-miss prospect, someone who they said, you don't forget how to play corner. This dude will be a day-one starter. There's a little bit of pressure from the fan base. I'm sure there's more pressure internally on Jeff coming from himself. He's got the sweet nickname. People are raving. People are talking about how hard he's worked to get back. We can't get a fucking clip. We can't get one sentence. We can't just have someone on Hard Knocks with a mic go, hey, Jeff, how's it been? What do you feel? Like, what's the journey been since you got to Detroit? Nothing? Listen, I I don't work in showbiz. I'd like to. That'd be sick, HBO. Fucking, you know what I'm saying? Call me. I'd love to do it. No producer on NFL Films, nobody at the HBO office is like, we haven't talked to the starting QB a single time. That seems off. That seems wrong. And again, it's not just some Joe Schmo. Jared Goff's got a little bit of an interesting story. McVay and the Rams trade his ass away for Matthew Stafford. They win the Super Bowl immediately. After McVay kind of threw Goff under the bus, whether it was in public, not in public, whatever the case was, threw him under the bus going, oh, we can't do it with this guy. He leaves. They win immediately. Goff to Detroit. Horrible season. But now it's a culture turnaround. He's trying to be part of something more special than the Rams winning could ever fucking possibly be. And we can't get one sit-down interview with Jared Goff. We can't get one scene of Goff going, yeah, it was tough to watch the Rams. Not even a question. We can't even ask the question. Maybe you'll say no comment. Ask the goddamn question. Like, it feels like there were a couple things as great as Hard Knocks has been. And I understand that a lot of it is supposed to be oriented towards Craig Reynolds going to make the team? Is Khalil Pimpleton going to make – like the bubble guys, I get it. But isn't HBO, NFL Films, as much as you want it to be about those storylines, you know what I know? You want more? Fucking money. And how do you make money? When people watch. And when do people watch? When there's shit happening that they care about. And what do people care about? Specifically, Detroit Lions fans, even more specifically, the national scene? They care about if Jared Goff is fucking salty that his former head coach threw him to the Wolves and then went and won a Super Bowl. They care about if the former third overall pick out of Ohio State, how he's feeling coming off back-to-back season-ending injuries, grinding his dick off, not to be some MVP candidate, to fucking play, to get a couple snaps on what was the second-worst team in the NFL. That's not worth a question. That's not worth like five minutes in next week's episode. 
I find that hard to believe. And I know HBO, great. It's not television. It's HBO. House of the Dragon, episode one, was fucking awesome. I can't wait to be back in the universe. It felt wonderful being back. Nobody at HBO, nobody in the NFL films department going, why don't we ask the QB about his former team winning? Why don't we ask this guy that kind of hasn't had a chance here that's been shit on a little bit by the fans, probably feeling even more pressure from himself and his family? Why don't we ask him what the rehab's been like? Nobody's coming up with that. It's cool to see these bubble guys. It's cool to see the coaches. It's cool to hear Dan Campbell say, man, a thousand goddamn times. Oh, that's great. Let's meet a little bit, you know, let's meet a couple of the guys that like, not to be a dick, but matter. Let's meet a couple of the guys that are actually going to be on the field, playing the games, trying to win. Let's meet a couple of the guys that Detroit Lions fans eight weeks from now are going to be tweeting about. They're not going to be tweeting about the guy who gets cut in episode four. They're not going to be tweeting about the sixth wide receiver who maybe returns a punt here and there. They're going to tweet about the starting QB. They're going to be talking about Jeff Okuda in year three. Maybe even Penny Sewell. They did, they've done a great job with Hutch, which I applaud them. Great job so far. What about even Jamison Williams? We can't even ask him, like, how did it feel coming to Detroit? I don't know. I don't know. Hard Knocks has been fun. And there are, like, Rodriguez has been a great storyline. It's just, I want, like, give me a little bit more from the guys that matter. I don't know if that's selfish, and I know it's a little bit against, like, the format of the show. Give me an ounce from the guys that matter. Give me just, like, a fucking snippet of what Jared Goff thinks about the Rams and what happened there. Just, like, two minutes. Two. Two minutes. I'm tired of reading about the practice and shit. I want real games to happen. And I don't know if this is just me getting like angsty and angry or if we're so close to the point of the season starting and I'm so ready for actual games that I want to talk to the actual players. But like in a way, it does feel like talking to these bubble guys and following these storylines. It feels a little bit like, I don't know, like we're kind of like faking. It's like a fake storyline. Like if any of these dudes make the team, Easy, like he's not playing unless everybody gets hurt. You know what I mean? Khalil's not playing unless everybody gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? Jamison Williams, yeah, he's not playing right now. He fucking will. People are excited about him. People want to know more about him. Why HBO? You guys are the best. Why do people love Thrones? Why do people love House of the Dragon? Why are people like me, after a kind of, you know, letdown ending to Thrones, fired up after one episode to see where this journey takes us? Yeah, it's fun to see dragons and war and shit. It's because I want to learn about people. I want to learn about the characters. And then I want to root for those characters. I don't want to root. I don't want need to learn about the character who's on screen for 45 seconds and then gets killed in episode four and we never see again. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to learn about that character. I don't need to get, I don't need to learn about the character titled plebeian number six that has one line of dialogue and then is never in the show again. I want to learn about the fucking daughter, the girl. I want to learn about, is Viserys, is that the king? Let me learn about him. I want to learn about Daemon Targaryen. Let's learn about those guys. Let's learn about the stars, the royal fucking family, the people that are trying to build an Iron Throne in Detroit. Not the guys mopping up the floors after a goddamn feast for the king's daughter's son's failed miscarriage. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at. I'm just like... I. I don't want to come off like pissed 
because I'm psyched football season starting. I'm just like cabin fever, dude. I'm like a wild animal that's been in captivity too long. I'm psyched football starting. I fucking cannot wait. I've never, I don't know, the last, probably a year ago is the last time I said this. I cannot wait to wake up Monday just for the sole fact that I'm going to be brushing my teeth in the mirror like this, thinking, holy shit, Michigan State plays this week. That's awesome. I get to see new players. I get to see year three of Mel Tucker. There's going to be recruits on campus. I get to hear, turn up my volume on the TV to 100 and hear a packed woodshed on homecoming. I get to go to Seattle and watch them play in one of the most beautiful stadiums in North America. I get to watch them don the green and white every Saturday. I get to get together with my friends every single weekend and watch this thing that we all care so much about. I don't care that the game's on Friday and today's only Monday. That feeling's going to carry me for the next 12 weeks. I can't wait for that. But right now, the Thursday of the week before, dude, let's play. Let's see some real fucking games. Save the articles. Save the television shows. Let's play real games. Quick break. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of uh, a little bit of House of Dragon. I watched one of my friends, shout out Abel, is watching Peaky Blinders for the first time. We watched season four, episode one last night. Dude, that... That show, unfucking believable. The writing and the storytelling, unbelievable. Right when you think it's very Thrones esque in that way. Right when you think, oh, the, we're in the clear. Fucking nope, nope. Where the PK fucking blind does. I just go serve the fucking black end. God damn, that show's good. Quick break. Peaky, dude. I have friends that like TV. Maybe not as much as I do, but they like TV. Like they've watched Thrones, Breaking Bad, the big ones. And we've had that conversation. Hey, dude, I'm what, you know, you got any shows? Peaky Blinders. Every fucking time. Breaking Bad, Thrones, way too mainstream. You know, like everybody, if you, if you were going to watch them, you've seen them. And if you haven't, you're just not going to, which is fair. Peaky Blinders, though, it has become more of a mainstream phenomenon. Uh, dude, England, I'd love to just go, like, spend a day in England on the day of the premiere or whenever this movie's going to come out because it would probably be bonkers there. Like, there's kind of a, I don't know, hysteria is too strong. But, like, dude, people know about Peaky now. But for a while there, like, be- certainly before this new season came out, or, yeah, and the last season before that for sure, I feel like a lot of people just didn't know. Or maybe they'd heard it. Oh, Peaky Blinders. Okay, what's that? And just didn't know shit about it. But friends ask, what, you got a show? Peaky Blinders, bro. Fucking Peaky. Every time. And I have friends that I just go, ah, I don't know if I'm into that time period. Ah, oh, it's English. Ah, oh, it's like right after World War One. Ah, it's like gangs. Ah, dude, that show is so top tier. It's bananas. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, The Wire, The Sopranos, like you name it. Mate, Peaky Blinders, those guys know how to tell a fucking story. And you know what the crazy part is? My favorite thing in TV or in movies is just unreal writing, like unreal storytelling. Everything starts like this. 
right? And then by the end of the season or end of the movie, it's all like this, like everything's crossing paths. It's a chain reaction. This thing made this happen, which made that happen. Oh, but that came back here and made this thing. It's it's my favorite thing in the world. Just like beautiful storytelling, character development where the bad guy, like a Jamie Lannister, he's bad and then he's good. Peaky Blinders does that unbelievably. And it is the backbone of the show. Like it is why it's good. But like the set design, nuts. For some reason, the music that they use, like Arctic Monkey, like grunge rock, nuts. Perfect. Even though kind of hard to understand. I'll watch with subtitles. I'm not afraid to admit it. The English accents, Arthur Shelby, Roy, Billy boy. There's a cook in there. We dropped an egg, Billy boy. Like, fuck. What's all boy? Alfie Solomons. Are you kidding me? So the Jews against the Birmingham gang, against the Italians with the Sicilian mafia. And now we're in French Canada against the government. Winston Churchill's here. Like, the way they make you love or hate characters, the way that there are villains, characters you're supposed to hate, Luca Changretta being my 1A, Alfie Solomon's probably in that category, even though he kind of flip-flops. Characters you're supposed to hate that are the villains, they are the antagonist to the Shelby family, and you're still sitting there like, dude, this Changretta guy's a fucking badass. <laughs> this Changretta guy... I don't know. I might commit a felony if he asked me to. Paid me enough. There's just something about him. Like, he's menacing. He's slick. Smart. It's unbelievable. And then it's got sick storytelling. Come on, dog. Come on. Iconic fucking characters. That's season four, episode one. When Tommy goes down to tell the chef when the guests will be arriving... That scene, I don't know. I'd have to make a list, like my top five scenes in Peaky Blinders history. That scene, oh, my, my hand has blood. Oh, mine too. <laughs> Bro, hey, Mr. Chef, that's your sign to fucking sprint, brother. That's your, they didn't have Ubers back in 1924 or whatever it was. That's your sign to get the fuck out of there. You are covered in geese blood. The boss comes down wearing a clean ass three piece suit in the wee hours of Christmas Eve, goes to shake your hand after telling you, I just gave him 10 pounds and it meant fucking nothing to him. And you say, Oh, my hand does blood. And he says, Mine too. And he insists. Italian, I don't know if there was a language barrier. I don't know if Sabini threatened his kids. Like, you got to get the fuck out of there, dude. If I go to work tomorrow and I spill coffee on my hands and I go to my boss or my boss comes to shake my hand and I go, I have coffee. And he goes, oh, mine too. I don't know what that means. If you have coffee on your hands, like metaphorically, I don't know if that's killing people or like, I don't know, maybe a couple of Remy's with the hand. I don't know exactly. If he says, oh, mine too, dude, I'm out. I'm in the car. I'm on the 405. I'm sitting on that coach before you can blink. The chef's going to stay there? And then he's going to call in Antonio and get meat cleavered and then get dome pieced on the table where Christmas dinner's being prepared? <sighs> that scene. Like, that's why television's rules. That's why television rules. Because you know as the viewer, Tommy's about it. You know he's fucking... You know he's about it, dude. 
he's not guaranteed that the chef or the sous chef is working for the Italians. He doesn't know that for a fact. No, he strongly, strongly believes it. And he is right. He was right. But the fact that he goes down there, just fucking whatever, dude, it's the sous chef and the chef. And he just call him in and he doesn't even use the gun. He's like, yeah, I'll use this meat hook. It's like every time, you know, Tommy Shelby is one of the baddest motherfuckers who's, who's ever lived. Every time you're, you're like, all right, I know how badass this guy is. I know for a fact, like Thomas Shelby is this much badass. Every time he does something. Oh, mine too. Oh no. Oh, he's actually, he's more like that badass. He's actually even more. I thought he was maxed out badass. We're going to have to just change the scale for this guy. God, that show is so good, dude. If you haven't watched Peaky Blinders, I know House of the Dragon just started the Power of the Rings or whatever the Lord of the Rings one is starting next week. Fuck them. You'll watch them eventually, right? It's only one season. It'll be easy to catch up. Peaky. That said, that said, um, House of the Dragon. I know it's funny. So a lot of people, I love Thrones. Okay. I loved it. I thought until season, are there eight total? I thought season up through season five, like best TV of all time. Season five, episode 10, The Winds of Winter is my favorite episode of television I've ever watched. I don't think it'll ever be topped. I've probably seen it like 12 times. It's fucking incredible. Really the last two, Battle of the Bastards, then Winds of Winter. But dude, that two hours of TV is nuts, bro. Is nuts, bar none. Season six, I still thought was pretty good. Definitely a little worse, but I enjoyed it. And then I seven the last, I can't remember if it's seven or eight, but after season six, and we know how it ends. I'm still fired up. Like I was excited for House of the Dragon. I was very excited to get back into that world. Dragons and fucking medieval shit and plotting and scheming, King's Landing, all these cool places. I was ready. My number one thing, my number one thing in television is scheming and like politics shows. I just watched The Wire, like Game of Thrones, except in Baltimore. I said that. Game of Thrones straight up just copied The Wire and was like, let's introduce sick CGI. That's what they did. The Wire, nuts. Thrones, nuts. Breaking Bad, nuts. Peaky, nuts. I'm so fired up to be back in this world. And I know a lot of people had the sour taste from the end of Thrones and were like, oh, dude, I'm not, why would I watch that after the fucking, uh, the ending? Uh, ugh, ugh. It's a new show, you nitwit. It's a new show. Don't forget, people love to act like they actually didn't even like Thrones that much. Oh, the end, dude, it was like, okay, the ending. Hey, man, I was in college with you. You were fucking obsessed with it until season seven. Like, do you, you're just pretending that that's not real. All those people that are like, eh, I don't know, man. The ending was just fucking put the ego away. Being back in that world, seeing those dragons right off the rip to the dragon flying over King's Landing. Fucking elite. The Iron Throne, they're in the chambers. The uh, King's Landing looks sick. One of the other, they showed another castle, looked badass. You're meeting the characters like Rickon Stark, the Baratheon guy, Viserys, Damon. Like you're meeting all these people, the queen that never was, Rhaenyra's the daughter. Like you already start to see a little bit of shit happening. Like, oh, this Damon guy. I don't know if I'd totally trust him. Like, oh, this Hand of the King. What was his name? Otto Hightower or something? This Hand of the King, like, kind of pretends to suck his dick, but he might have chlamydia. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those type guys, the hand of the king, the series, even though he took it over his sister, who's the queen that never was, seems like a good dude. 
Seems like he doesn't really want the throne, which is probably the best person to have on the throne. Seems like he tries to do what's best for the for the realm. Seems like he's not super power hungry. All the guy wants is a male heir, so he doesn't have to go through that same bullshit he went through of selecting an heir. Like, he knows Damon's a psycho. He doesn't want to give it to him. He knows people will be upset if it's a girl, his daughter. Like, he just wants to... Viserys is the number one guy in the Seven Kingdoms who wants to go down south to Highgarden or Dorne or some shit and kick it with a Mai Tai. That's all that dude wants. He wants to take the crown off, fucking forget about whatever the Iron Throne is, sit in a beach chair and just drink wine until he's dead. But you can see the plot thickening, like with his sister a little bit. She might be salty again that she got passed over. Damon is really close with his daughter, Rhaenerys, but now he might be salty that he got passed over. The Hand of the King seems like a little bit of a slippery bastard, right? Like there's some shit kind of brewing that we don't know what's going to happen here. It was fun to be back. And I'll tell you this, it's fun to just right off the rip get into the mix of like politics and you can tell people are going to start backstabbing each other. And it's fun to get back into the mix of, I really like this Rhaenerys. Is she going to fucking die next week? I really like Viserys. Who's going to kill him? Like now that I've seen Thrones and you know how they operate, it's going to be really interesting watching this back. Just every scene, like on pins and needles. Cause end of season one of Thrones, when start Ned Stark dies, I remember watching and being like, all right, well, he's going to get saved. Like, there's no way he does. When Jon Snow gets stabbed, I literally, I remember my body, like, shaking. I remember watching him get stabbed for the watch and being like, no, there's no fucking way that this is happening. There's no fucking way. I remember the Red Wedding. I remember exactly where I was, just being like, I'm alone in my dorm room, dude. Like, what the fuck is happening? What? No, Rob Stark? No. Like, I remember that. And you never expected it going in. So it's going to be fun to watch this show, House of the Dragon, knowing how these guys like to work. Knowing that, dude, I, I like Rhaenerys after episode one. I like her dad. Are they going to fucking die? Like anytime you're going to be that much more locked in, anytime they're on screen, just like, dude, is there going to be an arrow that comes from somewhere? Don't drink that wine. It might be poison. Oh, he's good. He's good? Okay, cool, 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 cool. The dragon, don't go on the dragon. Oh. She's good? Okay. Don't go hang out with Damon. Don't go out with... Oh, he's cool? Okay, okay, okay. Like, it's going to be fun and different to watch it now on Pins and Needles. So, I thought the first episode was great. I thought they did a great job of, like, throwing you back into the world after such a long wait. I thought they did a great job of kind of starting the plot, like, showing you, teasing you a little bit with some of the plot lines. Couple of the characters seem very strong, very likable. Like there will be conflict and you will have to choose who you want to root for. And it's like Thrones rules, bro. Thrones fucking rules. I don't care how you feel about the ending of Thrones itself. That universe fucking, it's awesome to be back in it. It's awesome. All right, folks. That's all I got this week. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thank you for watching, supporting, listening. Um, the secondstring.com next week. We are going to get out the Michigan State and Michigan tailgate shirts for 2022. They're going to be fire. You thought the Detroit Teals, you thought these were gas? Wait on the MSU and U of M 2022s. They're going to be nuts. Week after that, we'll put out some Lions stuff for the season. 
we're right there, baby. We're at the fucking finish line, and then it's full steam ahead. So I appreciate you all. Stick with me through football season. We're only turning it up more. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Go get your grandma up off the couch. Put some earbuds in her headphones and tell her to hit play. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.